0: Thank you for being so gracious to meet with me and do this. When I heard you on Brenda's show, I cried because I'm like, how do these younger women, how did they figure it out? I've been working through all of this for so many years. And I, I think it's so
1: great that you're getting a jump on it, that you're finding all this out earlier in your life. Wow. That means so much to me to hear that because I feel like women need to figure it out even earlier. You know, I'm in my 40s. Women need to figure this stuff out in their 20s and in their 30s, not now. I'm so thankful to hear you say that because both you and me are doing the work to help women figure it out earlier.
0: Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news, it is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day. And some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. Have you heard, if not now, when? If not you, then who? Are you being prompted to write a book? to create a podcast? Check out Leaving a Legacy at That's coach www.coachlaurie.com. And let's get started on your second act now. Welcome, Dr. Zoe Shaw. I am so excited to have you on the show. We are going to talk about your life now, your life before and your book. So let's just hit the road running with what your life is like now. Excuse the background noise, I'm at the car dealership and of course it was really quiet and then an ambulance
1: went by and a car. Inevitably that's going to happen, but we make it work. We're doing this interview and I'm so excited to be here. My life now is, I have the freedom that I never imagined. And when I say freedom, I'm really talking about internal, emotional, psychological freedom that I I never could imagine feeling the sense of, of being free. I was burdened with so much shame. I was burdened with so many false stories. And when I was finally able to let them go, my life is just, I love my life. I have my kids and I have work that I am so very passionate about that I love to do. I have my office in my backyard. And so my commute is super super close. But I get to come back here and I get to do the work that I love to do. I get to write and I get to to help other women who struggle with complex shame and struggle with codependency and relationships, difficult relationships. And I get to speak on stages and help women. I help men as well, but I get to help people free themselves. My life is more than I could have imagined right now.
0: That is so awesome. And I hear you say freedom. And I think that's something that so many of us are striving for and don't even understand. really what it is tell us where you came from and how you got to this place where you found this freedom
1: yeah well I'll try to give you a very short version of the story because it is a long story but I grew up in a almost totally white farming community in Maryland and I'm a black woman I also grew up in a fundamental Christian home. I developed a lot of religious shame. I developed just a lot of identity issues being so different from people that I grew up with. I ended up becoming pregnant when I was 15 and my parents sent me away. My dad was a a prominent doctor in the community and that attached to our Christianity. That was just not going to to happen (laughs) in our family. And so they sent me away to a pregnancy home and I had my baby, I placed her for adoption. And I came back to pretend like nothing had ever happened. And that really, I think, solidified my shame story. And I learned how to kind of carry the secret and this burden. And I did that by overachieving. I was an athlete and I went straight back to athletics. I was a track and field athlete and I got a scholarship to UCLA. I did my undergrad, did my master's, did my doctorate. I was a very high achieving feeling like that was going to somehow make up for all of the shame that I had. I was constantly kind of running from my shame. I got married, had children, and I was also myself. And when I talk about complex shame, codependency is a very big part of it. And I was in a an in a unhealthy marriage. But I finally, I had two boys and I finally had my daughter, who in my mind was kind of going to be kind of the thing that, exonerated me from having placed my first daughter. And my daughter was born with a genetic disorder. I just had so much grief about that. And I also developed this shame story that somehow God was punishing me because I had placed my first daughter. So I lived with a lot of shame, a lot of it. And when when I talk about complex shame, we take on this shame and then we self-inflict it as well. So there's that concept of hurt people, hurt people. And I always say hurt people, hurt themselves because we take that and we just, we just turn it inward. And so that's what I did for many years. Yet I was a therapist and I was helping other people. I came to somehow, I think in all of my working and private practice and raising a family and overachieving, homeschooling my kids and trying to do all the things, I really came to a place of of burnout. And I came to a place where I really had to face my own demons. Part of it was meeting my daughter again for the for the first time that I placed for adoption. I began to go on my own self-care healing journey. And I began to truly look at the things that I was doing to myself. And my father's death also was a big part of that because that's when I let go of the secret and told my family about my daughter. I went on my own journey and trying to understand my shame and why it was there and how it developed and how I could heal from it. And in the process, I also started recognizing same types of patterns in some of my clients. And that's how I came up with the concept of complex shame, which is a little different from simple shame and different from toxic shame. Many of us are carrying it around. And my goal, passion in life is to help people see it, understand it and obliterate it. When I first heard you say complex
0: shame, I was listening to you on another podcast. And I thought this, and I'm going to say young woman, this young woman gets me because one of the things in my work is what I notice is people say, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing what everybody else is doing, but I'm not getting the results. And then, then that compounds even more the complex shame, because you think what is wrong with me? And so it, Mm -hmm. in terms of when I heard you say that I was so excited because I thought, Oh, there really is hope because I think sometimes we walk in a healing journey and we're doing all the work, but we're not exactly getting
1: in the word you said that really resonated is getting that freedom. Well, you know, I can talk a little bit about the steps to healing from complex shame. There are seven steps, and I'm probably not gonna say them all in the proper order right now, but it starts, of course, with awareness. What I want people to understand, so I'm gonna delineate the difference between simple shame and toxic shame. Brene Brown, who is famous, on talking about shame and vulnerability, has really opened up the world to understanding that shame is a thing, we all experience it, and there's ways that we can obliterate it. And what I love about Brene Brown is that she's the foundation for building and and even more understanding. And so as people begin to apply Brene Brown's, I should say, cure for shame, which is vulnerability and empathy, being able to feel empathy for other, like being able to allow other people to feel empathy for you and feel empathy for yourself. For some people, shame was obliterated. Like I can be vulnerable. I can feel empathy from other people and it just goes away. And yet for some people, it didn't work. And what does that do? Just like you said, it causes you to feel even more shame. I started questioning why, because for me, it didn't work. (laughs) And for some of my clients, it didn't work. And so I started to question why. What I began to understand is with complex shame, which is in some ways developed in a similar way that toxic shame is. So toxic shame is a shame that is so deeply embedded in your foundation of your personality that it's almost impossible to take to get rid of it. And people with toxic shame... They are what I call outies. They push their shame out. It's so toxic to themselves that they push it outside. And what they tend to do is develop personality disorders like by borderline and narcissistic personality disorder. They are dealing with an immense amount of toxic shame and they are toxic people because they push it out to everybody else. People with complex shame generally have a healthier foundation. So their shame, I like to say, it's on top of that foundation. And it's usually about the way that it happens in terms of when the period that it happens in your life, and then also kind of the support systems that you may or may not have. So it develops similar to toxic shame, but it's a layer on top of your personality. It is not the basis of your personality. But what happens for people who have toxic shame is they take all that shame and they turn it inward and they blame themselves. And they have this story of, if I could, you know, do something for that person, I can make it better. If I can make them feel better, then I'll feel better. And that's kind of the tenet of codependency. That's the difference, one of the differences with complex shame versus toxic shame. The beauty of that, though, is that because it's not deeply embedded in your personality, you can heal it. You can, but you can't heal it through vulnerability, Because what happens is, remember I said, hurt people, hurt themselves. What happens is when you begin to feel that shame, you begin to take it on as your own story and you begin to then inflict shame upon yourself and you can't, and and it's almost like you can't separate it. At some point, as you get older, you can't separate what did you do to yourself? What did others do to you? And then also, there are always times when we make choices in the midst of our trauma, in the midst of of just our trying to deal and cope with life that we can then blame ourselves for. And so I talk about someone who has complex shame might be in a therapy room and they might be talking about a trauma and a therapist is trying to get them to understand it's not your fault. You need to release that feeling of punishing yourself. And that doesn't work for the brain of someone who has complex shame. It just doesn't work. And so you may try to do that, but your brain's saying, but wait, no, you did some things, and it might as, have been as simple as you fought back, or you should, or you didn't fight back, or you used pepper spray, or you didn't, or you chose to hurt yourself in that time. You made that decision, and so what we have to do with complex shame is we've got to actually sit and do the thing that feels very counterproductive because it feels like it's victim blaming. But what it, it's doing is it's working with your brain and the way that your brain works, and it's going, okay, let's start to dissect it. Let's start. To ask ourselves, okay, what choices did I make that maybe weren't the best choices? What choices did I make even in that split second that might have been self-harming? And when you begin to acknowledge what you did in the midst of even maybe your own trauma, then you can start to work on forgiving yourself for it.
0: Coach Lori here. I am not anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stopped making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully, inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would
1: like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash, click the affiliate link. And when you begin to acknowledge what you did in the midst of even maybe your own trauma, then you can start to work on forgiving yourself for it. And when you can acknowledge that and forgive yourself for it and separate it, then you're able to make that distinction between what's not mine to keep and what's mine to say, I understand that all all behavior makes sense in its context. And for that, I forgive myself for the things that I did to myself. And then you work on acceptance. When you're able to do that, you begin to feel such an immense amount of freedom. And vulnerability is a part of it. Brene Brown's step about vulnerability is important because part of that acceptance is being able to speak the thing for which you are ashamed. It's not the healing. The healing really is about forgiveness and the healing is about maintenance. But vulnerability is a part of it. And so very quickly, so maintenance is a crucial step in healing complex shame, because there's internal work that we do to forgive ourselves, to acknowledge, to accept, to be vulnerable. And then the external work is changing our patterns. Because if you're still acting like the same person, if you're still having very low boundaries, if you're still accepting things that you shouldn't accept, if you're still not speaking up, you are not going to be healing. The part of the healing is changing the way you act and behave and show up in the world as a result of your own self-forgiveness. So that was just a, a short snippet of the complex shame journey. That is so good. And that's what spoke to
0: me is that part about, but you don't know. Like you go through the vulnerability and some people are like, I'm free. And then some of us are like, Oh, but you don't know. And so I, so much. And this is so wonderful. And I feel like this is going to unlock things for people that have really been struggling that have felt stuck. And they've thought I've done the work, you know, it's not like sometimes people don't even know, but maybe people that have been doing the work. And like you say, you're at a counselor, they're trying to say it's not your fault. My other podcast is no longer ashamed. And we work with survivors of childhood sexual abuse. It's 26 years is the average For somebody to share that information. And I think about those people because that is kind of what they're going through. They're like, I didn't fight. I, all the things that the shoulds, I guess. Yes. What's the name of your book?
1: My book is tentatively called Stronger in the Difficult Places. We might end up changing it, but it's called Untangling Complex Shame to Heal Your Relationship with Yourself. Oh, I love that. And that's the name of your podcast too, right? Stronger in the Difficult Places. Yes.
0: And I love your podcast and I love the people that you've interviewed. I, when I found you, I binge listened and I'll tell you this, I teach podcasting and I have to listen to a lot of podcasts and most people are not good podcasters and they're not good interview. I work in radio. I think you can see warm 106.9, but you are a very good interviewer and you're, you get right to it. And I love that. I love podcasts that get right to it. So I love listening to your podcast. I cannot wait for your book to come out. And Dr. Mm -hmm. Zoe, what is it that you really, really want people to know?
1: I want people to know that you don't have to live with a burden of shame and often You don't feel it on a regular basis, but when it's lifted, you realize how much you've been carrying. And so what I want for everybody is to feel that sense of lightness when it's lifted, because we carry those burdens for years and decades sometimes, and we don't realize the effect that it's having on our life, but you don't have to continue to carry the shame. That is such good news.
0: If somebody wants to work with you, how do they find you?
1: So you can find me at my website, which is, which is drzoeshaw.com, dot com, And you can also find me on Instagram. That's the place where I hang out the most at same handle, Dr. Zoe Shaw. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurie. And thank you for all the work that you are doing. I'm just, I'm amazed by people like you who are willing to share their stories, to help other people, to not let the things that they've experienced in their life be wasted. So thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing.
0: Do you have brain fog? Are you exhausted all the time? Do you struggle with depression? How about cravings? Imagine an enzyme that turns sugar into fiber. For a link to order your bottle, email me at lacoach at comcast.net. That's L-A-C-O-A-C-H at Comcast.net. After our interview, Dr. Zoe published her latest podcast, which she had taken a break from, Stronger in the Difficult Places, Dr. Zoe Shaw, if you want to look that up. When Healing Yourself Doesn't Heal Your Relationship, and she calls it her divorce story. In this episode, she's interviewed by her coach, Rebecca Mullen, and together they walk through the hardest decision of Zoe's life. And through her story, she shows examples of what you can do when something is terrifying and you don't know what to do. She shows how she tackled the hard questions, including divorcing as a Christian and a relationship therapist, and how she ultimately found her freedom in her choices. So three things we learned from Dr. Zoe Shaw. There is simple shame and complex shame. If you do the work for simple shame and you feel more shame, you might have complex shame. And the good news is there is help and there is healing. And asking ourselves the hard questions and staying in the difficult places to get to the other side is so worth it. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.